Hi everyone, thanks for joining me yet again. We've got an epic convo this week with the extraordinary Jacob Collier. You likely know him as the musical prodigy. I also know him that way, but he's become one of my closer friends um, in this music industry and it makes me so happy to share his wisdom with you because literally every time we chat, I'm like, why isn't someone recording this? And on that note, this is a long one. So I've broken it up into two parts so we can really sit with all the ideas presented here. Let's get straight into it. And as always, I'll be back at the end to present some takeaways for discussion. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Jacob, for giving your time to me for us to unpack some really exciting topics, I think. Maybe some things you might not have talked about in other sort of conversations. I'm hoping it's going to be fun for you and fun for me. Oh, thanks for having me. I've, I've been excited about this all day. Have you? Really? I have, genuinely. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> well, let me give you some context. I, I really reflected on my friendships, right, in the music industry and also outside of the music biz. And I, I just thought, what, what really connects me to my friends? What is the thing that we tend to keep coming back to in our conversations? And I realized very quickly with everyone I seem to make friends with, um, on a deep heart level we get to talking about spirituality in some way and not necessarily religious path or or anything you know particularly specific but this sort of abstract idea of transcendence comes up you know really quickly with people I make connections with um and you definitely fall into that category of someone that's good (laughs) that captured me on that level and I you know I I know you feel the same way that it's a kind Mm. of a beautiful um intersection that happens when two artists find that playful side in one another and get to talk about this um more ephemeral idea of of there being something bigger When you find hearts that connect on that level, I think there's something really exciting that happens. And I want to spend some time today kind of dissecting that a little bit. What what makes us reach for more? Um, When I look at you, Jacob, I think someone who is constantly searching to kind of break break open the heavens, you know, and 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 dissect what is what is going on beyond us. Um, So. What does that bring up just off the bat for you when I say all that? <laughs> so many things. Oh, my goodness. Um, I guess to start with, I feel the same when it comes to having conversations with artists about things that are, that are bigger than what we do as humans and what we experience as humans, but bringing elements of that into what we do as, as work. Um, and some of my most interesting conversations, like such as the ones we've had in yeah. the past, like in the first and second time we ever hung out, sort of got straight to the bone of, of what it's what it's about and some of the challenges of doing that. But I think for me, I, I've thought about the word transcendence since you kind of brought it up to me and, and mentioned that you wanted to have this exploratory discovery and, and discussion about it. And I think for me, that there are, there are lots of different ways to interpret it, some ordinary and some extraordinary. And I think it's interesting to think about the difference between those two sides because... I suppose the first thing that comes to mind when when we think about transcendence are these big moments. You think, oh, that's supernatural. It's extraordinary. I can't comprehend it. It's 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 blown my mind. It's it's expanded my sense of what's possible in the world as a human. It's made me bigger. It's you know it's grown me in some way. And then there are the moments of transcendence that are super ordinary, like you know the the sun on the back of your neck, or yes. having food, or just being really quiet and and you know sleeping and 
And these things that are really the most meaningful currency of all, being so stra- straightforward and so simple. And interestingly, I think in 2021, which was a hard year for me, I, I was searching a lot for the big moments. I think, oh, yeah. I want these big moments I can get lost in that can transform me, that can, that, or to, I, that I can transform others in, in this huge space, this, this big state. Um, and I think this year, even though it's a young year, it's 18 days old right now, um, I, I feel like I'm focusing on a different side of being transcendent, which comes from a totally more ordinary place. Wow. And in some ways, I can access way faster the, the, the scale and the, the scope and, and the size of things. But it's, it's an interesting kind of challenge to perpetually access these intangible things. And I suppose what I'm finding just today, as we have this conversation today, I'm finding that sometimes it is in the simplest of things that you get the, the most profound and, and the deepest spark that, that takes you into the highest place. I'm so glad you brought that up, the, the transcendent and the ordinary, because I think the only qualm I have with that word, and it is a word I like generally, is that it could kind of suggest a sort of elitist experience mm-hmm. or something that only the monks have or, or the great artists, the people that sort of had this sort of almost enlightenment arc in yes, their own absolutely. life and in their music. And, you know, it, it can probably make some feel like perhaps they are not worthy of that experience or they might not ever have it you know um but i just love that humility to to admit that actually some of those most profound moments happen in the the simplest of endeavors and um the simplest of observations Mm -hmm. in our world i think that's it and i've been thinking a lot about attention recently i watched mm -hmm. a really long uh, masterclass documentary and, and within the documentary was a, a very very great um, 20th century classical composition teacher whose name is Nadia Boulanger okay I don't know if you've ever encountered I her haven't. but she was kind of the most legendary music teacher ever mm. um, and she was really good friends with Stravinsky and Bernstein wow. and I watched this whole documentary in French about her because I've, I've always heard her name and I've never really never really gone deep and, and it was just a documentary that I saw and part of it she she's teaching she's talking about what it means to get to the essence of the music that you're making and this is about performance rather than, you could say, composition. It's, yeah. it's about, here's a piece of music that exists. It's a thing that, that is real. How do you embody it? How do you bring it out? What, what makes it meaningful? What makes it special? How does this phrase reflect humanity and, mm. and language? And, but, but she's really kind of... I, I, sometimes I think of inspiration as two different times, types of inspiration. There's the warm blanket and there's the cold water. Oh, God, and the cold I love water, that. The cold water goes and cuts straight through yeah. all of your defenses and the things that make you comfortable and challenges you straight on and it looks you straight in the eye and says there is something here that's fresh and it's about discipline and it's about clear lines and it's about being contained and mm. finding freedom within this austere environment. And then the warm blanket says you do just what you need to do at this moment and here is everything you need wow. and it's comfort and 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 acceptance and warmth and welcoming things and and both are extremely important and and i have an interesting time in my life personally going between these two extremes of what's the right way of of approaching things um but she was talking about attention which i think is important to bring up uh and and she she was basically saying you know you are you know you you are your attention and attention is the kind of thing that people lack very easily when it comes to being creative or, or or looking at the world and how the most transcendent of moments and experiences can just basically come from paying attention wow. to things yep. rather than coming from 
sort of something happens to you and and right. you weren't expecting it and and you're just a vessel and it took you by surprise it, it, it's, it's paying attention to things that i think is so beautiful I, I think for me when i feel the most transcendent it's not necessarily i'm looking at extraordinary painting that somebody's right. a masterpiece someone's created or a sculpture or even listening to a master work of music or something it can, it can be in a really simple object that is so complete in what it is that it reminds me of my own completeness in in a sense as a human and watching interacting with and watching the object paying attention to it in a different way you bring to it your own life and it reflects back at you what you what you see um absolutely that, that really wow. that that stayed with me that, i love that that there's a a sort of synergy or a, a symbiotic connection between what you mm. bring and the thing that you're observing it also reminds me of ideas in quantum physics where you know the, yeah, the, the yeah. very thing changes under um observation and i know that's something we talked about early on in our um in our early friendship so i actually want to mm. i want to give people a little more context to where you and i started the intersection of our friendship um how we came to find each other's music as well because i think it's so fascinating to think about you know the origin story of a collaboration and for me i, I can just say I, I recognize so much of myself in in you um in terms of my process as an artist i felt very um connected to you immediately because i felt like i understood the ways that your brain worked. I saw someone working in a, in a, in a format that was so um, familiar, but yet you are so profoundly above and beyond anyone I have ever worked with in terms of pace, in terms of discipline, devotion, um, in terms of just like possibility. You, when I, when I think of an artist that explores possibility to its end, it is you. Um, and I would say I have a, a fraction of that, <laughs> but I saw it and I recognized it, um, instantly and, and playfulness, Jacob, like, I think that's just all through your work and probably in our personalities too. When we first met, I think the inner kid in both of us is like, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But what do you remember about our first kind of interactions? It was, it was so special. And I, I feel, I feel much the same way. Um, I, I came into this this part of my life, this sort of collaborative part of my life, having done so much on my own for so long. Yeah. And uh, I made an album called In My Room, which I made literally in this very room. And I did every part of it myself. And I toured it for three years with a one-man show. And I was ready for something different. I thought, I need something different. And um, I made a list of people, or groups of people, that I thought, oh, in, in an absolutely ideal situation... I would hang out with these people and I would, I would jam and see what happened. And your name was like one of the top of the oh. top names of that list because because I, I saw the same same thing in, in, in you. I think oh, it was just wow. this sense of infinite potential, mm. but a, a, a massive sort of devotion in, in quite a serious way to, <laughs> to exploring and explaining something just the way it needs to come out with a lot of attention to detail and strength of vision. But then there's massive openness to, to being playful and messing about. And I, I just got the sense that you you were one of these paint throwers, you know, who who kind of said, well, here's a bunch of stuff. Let's let's make the most out of it. And, and that's always been how I've worked. But I think that the joy I felt on the day of our meeting when we collaborated on In, on in My Bones that, that day in New York was mm -hmm. was so exciting to me because, um, yeah, it was the, the, the sense of, of, of kindred kindred spirit. But it wasn't just that. It was... It was that when we really got down to it, you know, when we kind of thought, okay, this is this is like a space we can work with, and and these are some materials we can we can mess around with. Because you had your spaceship there, and I had my session there, right? Exactly. And we had we had mm -hmm. our voices, and 
yeah. all sorts of stuff. But I, I remember really clearly getting to the point where there was like a particular section. It might be that might be your verse yeah. that we were really working on, and and just and like the level of focus that you had was just like you know like a. Like well, such an intense well, you had me under the light. whip, dude. I mean, you were getting me to do a lot of crazy things. I had to. I, I had just, to focus. I was just running with it. It was so <laughs> exciting to me because I, I was thinking, I, I, I'm extending my imaginary limb through through you, and it, it, we, oh. we kind of joined forces as one. I felt like we were one brain a little bit, and we were thinking, well, we could try this and this, and you would throw something, and I throw something back, and mm. and the speed at which we worked. I mean, I think if oh, someone yeah. had been watching, it, we if were, they they'd were, been watching, they were oh, thinking, what shit. is going on? What is going on here? These two just it, <laughs> lightning just, speed, yeah. <laughs> it's lightning speed, but but so kind of so, you know, energizing. Um, I I just remember when we when we met, it was kind of like deep within ten minutes. And we got falafel and we were talking about massive stuff. And it's like, we just met, you know, how is this possible? But then you realize that, you know, so much of the language we've been learning independently for so long had, had been the same. That's but but right. we'd experienced it from different sides. You That's know? really huge, isn't it? When you recognize in, in someone else yeah. all, all your points of references, you, you see that they've been on that same little rabbit hole. And being yeah. a similar age as well, I think we were we were clearly jumping to similar places. We hadn't grown up with the same, you know, necessarily the same environment at all, but but we mm. jumped into the same the Cornelius from Japan, the you know, the the, yeah. the crazy jazz, the prog rock, that we knew the places to tap into. Earth and, and fire. I remember jamming, yeah. I remember talking about Earth and Fire. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so yeah, while yeah. we're on fire, this is perfect segue. Um okay, I'm cool. <laughs> calling this podcast <laughs> Playing with Fire. Um, oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. So, and I wanted to sit on that with, with each of my guests a little and see what kind of comes up for them, because I'll tell you what it means to me. It's, it's the sort of, um, space of, of risk and, and danger, um, in order to sort of achieve a transcendence or what one might call a breakthrough, there has to be some rub or some sort of conflict or, or entering into a space that's maybe uncomfortable and and you are no stranger to discomfort in music you know the wrong note or the the, the bit that maybe doesn't quite fit but just gets there um you know playing with fire makes me think of also has some religious connotations to it you know fire has been a symbol of of some sort of transcendent moment what comes up for you when i say that well to start with you mentioned the spark that starts the fire. And it, it's a moment that people fascinate over and think about in different ways. And, and I think to me, the idea of friction is super important. I, I need to be on the edge of something in order to be excited enough to explore it. And if I've, if I've done something before, I'm not gonna do it again. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And it's yeah. not that I can't, yeah. but I'm not gonna get a spark against something that is unfamiliar to me. Okay. So a lot of the time in the creative process, I'm seeking that moment where it's, it's like, I don't quite know what this is. I don't quite understand how this is going to go, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that kind of, that fearlessness is actually for me, it, sometimes it can be quite hard to find that, especially now in my career, because, because I've stretched a lot of concepts in my own mind quite far. Yeah. So I, I'm always kind of moving my attention around and finding that, that spark in different places. But I, I guess another way of, of looking at what you just said, the idea of fire, which I, which I think about so much, um, I, I think warmth is uh, I think warmth is underrated actually, <laughs> at least at least in my own life, because fire, being in the middle of the f in the flame, the actual flame, is uh, is an impossible place to be. You can't be there. What you can be is beside it, and I think that enabling a space where you are not within your own fire at all times, 
but you're aware enough to create it, play with it, throw it around, but you're interacting with it within the, within the warmth of it, not too far away that you lose the, the spark and the, the fear almost that grips you. With, with the fire, but not so close that you're blinded by kind of, you could just say passion, like raw passion, raw energy, just this feeling that everything's churning and moving and you can't really see or feel what's real because you're blinded by the light. That's right, yes, that it's kind all encompassing. Of, that, playing with that distance for me is, is, a, is a perpetual challenge because I'm such a fire person. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a Leo for one, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I also I just, I feed off of that energy of the, impo the impossible fierceness of a fire moment. And I felt that a lot in the last couple of weeks and I've, I've been playing with it in my mind because normally when I feel that fire, and, and I know you know this feeling, it's, it's I have to create now. I've got, this, I've yes. got this idea that is electrifying me. I've got to go and run with it or I've got to communicate. I've got to be on stage. I've got to let it out. I've got to do the same. I've got to run. Yes. Uh, I burn so fast as a, as a person and partly yeah, it's my speed. But yeah. what I've been used to in the past is seizing the fire and running with it until I kind of burn out. Wow. And then I think, oh, okay. And then I have to wait for the fire to come back. Yeah. But I think that thinking about the fire as a, as a force of pushing and pulling and thinking, well, what happens if I don't seize the fire, but I'm just lit by it, I'm warmed by it and being in yeah. the warmth of it rather than being burnt. Yep. How do you access that, that part? That, that to me is really interesting. One word I tend to use when I think about this is resolution. Um, you know, you can think of like, say, a, say a, a screen on a computer has a different amount of dif different amounts of resolution. Yep, yep. Um, how much resolution of understanding do you have, or are you willing to explore within a certain field? So harmonically, for me, I it was it was my first crush as a musician was the chords, yeah. and it was just like the thing that got me. I was so obsessed with it, so excited feeling. about it, and I still oh, am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was just so. It was a hook for me, you know, and we've talked about take six in the past and we, yes. we've talked about gospel in the past and just these places where harmony lives, you know, how, how, how the thing as a teenager, the, the, the question I asked myself was, how do I achieve these sensations, these feelings? And, and so I went in and I thought, well, okay, if I have an F, if I have an F minor chord, right. And let me like, put, let me get, put my, there you go. There you go. If I, have, if I have an F minor chord, can you hear that? Okay. If I have an F minor chord, um, down here, and I and I'm a B flat. What does that do to the chord? It's almost like it's in the, it's in the middle of the chord, and it kind of is. It's in the middle, and it, it draws this note and this note together. It unifies them with distance. This distance, distance is the same. So it's almost like saying, here's a pretty chord and I'm gonna look through it like that and I'm gonna see through and it unifies it, but it warms it up. And, and these, these kinds of feelings I had, but I couldn't articulate why. And my harmonic discovery kind of came out of that. It was why and, and how do I control these elements? And I think what I, what I thought and maybe feared slightly going in was that there will come a time where I, um, I kind of know, you know, I know right, why. Right. But but actually I think the mystery just gets deeper and deeper the more you know. Because you you collect these these little nooks and crannies of knowledge that and it's kind of like signposts a little bit. It's like saying just so you know this can go here or this can go here. These are options for you. You know, this this chord can lead you here. This C major chord can lead you here. Or this C major chord can lead you here. Which can lead you here, which can lead you here, which can lead you there, <laughs> and and so su suddenly you're navigating in these spaces, and to me it is l literally endless. It's just an endless, sort of e endless exploration. And the more I know, the more I 
want to know. Yeah, it, it leads us to a sort of a, a humility that allows us to then explore and play. I love the way you put that, yeah. Is that I, right? I, abso- I absolutely agree, yeah, I do. And, and I th- because I think it takes, it, it takes you sort of saying, well, I don't know. Yeah. And when you, and when you, and you, when you say, I don't know, then, then it's like you've opened a window or you've, you, you've opened a door and something is welcome. To, so, to say, well, well, let me let me show you. Let let me light something up for you. And but yeah. you have to be able to ask the question. You have to be able to say, I don't know. Yeah. And, I, and, and I maybe know even some... I don't know if I like. I mean, I think that's sometimes an interesting oh, forming preference. Yeah. You know, I always remembered that as a big thing growing up and be- beginning to be a producer. Mm. Knowing what you don't like is so important um, in order to to work out what you do. Mm. There's so many crossovers here when it comes to how we learn in our own life, which I think is what makes music such a great you know teacher <laughs> oh oh absolutely i think it's it's a it's one you know one of the greatest teachers in my life and yeah i think you know going back to what you were saying at the very start of our conversation about this idea of transcendence can be kind of intimidating because it feels like it's bestowed upon a select few and i feel th- i feel the same about the word spirituality you know i think that the word spirituality is a really kind of tricky it can be used in kind of a ghastly context oh, of God, a sort yeah. of like well well spirituality exists you know within some people and and uh, you know only if, right. if you engage with in this part of it you know are you welcome in that in that Oof. community yep. all sorts of things like that but so, you know so many things are spiritual everything's basically everything is spiritual people are very spiritual just doing nothing you know and and i think that that realization especially with, with music too is, is is really is really profound um mm. and i don't think that things that are spiritual need to be spectacular absolutely and i think that so, sometimes it is it is the simplest things but one thing i just thought from what you said that i do a lot when i'm creating to give myself sparks to 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 light fires up to, to find ideas is um i'll start with something that i am slightly uncertain about and then it's it's one exercise I like to, I like to use, and it's not you know the be all and end all, but yeah. the the exercise is is kind of what I call in, inverting intention. Okay. So everything you think to do, you do the opposite of. Uh, so you think, oh, uh, this needs more kick drum, right? Well, I'll turn it down, you know, or, right. or you know, I, I I don't think there's enough. Um, I don't think there's, or, or you know, I think I think maybe the uh, think maybe the the snare's too loud, or I'll turn it up, you know, and and these <laughs> these kinds of these kinds of things that just kind of deliberately get you into a situation where there's friction in the thing you're making friction mm. with yourself yes and i think i've come up with a lot of these strategies because i'm someone who works alone so much of the time you know hours and hours a day just studying and and mm. and working through the these conceptions of mine and and there are times where i need to think of think of things differently and examine things from different perspectives yep. and so one thing i just really love to do is to is to flip my own intu- my, my own in- intuition on its head and think well what would jacob not do here well i'll do that first there was so much i connected with in this conversation i love how jacob really reminded us that transcendence happens in the quietest most routine or ordinary moments um, i love the cold water and the warm blanket the importance of attention and the completeness of objects that confirm to us the completeness we have within ourselves. He poses the question, what happens if I don't seize the fire, but I play with being close to it, the push and the pull? Um, I love when we talked about the chords leading us somewhere, being signposts to the next thing, and the courage to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this means. 
Everything is spiritual. Spiritual doesn't have to be spectacular. How can I invert my intention, create some friction in the creative process, flip my own intuition until it becomes clear to me again? Join the conversation over at Discord. It's a place where we can build community around the things we're learning together. This podcast is brought to you by TalkHouse. Feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.